Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Uh, I love this guy. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, and he's gotten a lot better, I would say, you know, over the uh, course of his career. And, you know... Dynamic, explosive. Uh, I mean, a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, words like that you can use to describe Lamar. And um, I have a lot of respect for this for, for his for his game. Brian Flores should have a lot of respect for Lamar Jackson's game. It was Brian Flores' first game ever as head coach of the Dolphins, and it was the. Ravens that came to town and the final score was 59 to 10 because they dared Lamar Jackson to throw. Yeah, right. And he threw. Right. Repeatedly. Yeah. Remember that game? Yeah. I do. That was uh that was the moment of like, okay, good thing he didn't play wide receiver. Uh but <laughs> yeah, that that was it right there. But I mean, the growth in his game has been great. We know that. He's always been great. It hasn't been perfect. He's yeah, he's not Tom Brady or Drew Brees. That's not what he is. He plays a different style, but, uh, you know, again, I don't know how you could watch even last year and then, of course, now into this year and not look at Lamar Jackson and go, I mean, he just continues to answer every question, and that's why he's in the MVP conversation. And to me, not even still getting to some of the respect he deserves. You know, I, I think we said, you know, two days ago, like, you know, all these fourth quarter comebacks, I feel like if it was other quarterbacks, it'd be made a big deal. But for some reason with Lamar, it's kind of just like, hey, I don't know. I don't get it. Why don't, what don't you get? He's the team. He's the offense. He is it right now. They can't run the ball the same way they've been to, been able to in years past. You know, they're, they're not as dominant in the traditional run game. He's running the ball, hits his run plays that are the most effective, and then, of course, his scrambling that's the most effective. So he's leading the team in rushing by a significant amount. And then, of course, his throwing has, you know, decision-making has gotten better, and it was better last year. It's, of course, good this year. But the thing I think that's made it in a different level is stuff like this. I mean, I know this is week one, but his feel in the pocket and his control of the football consistently is top-notch. You know, that's where, oh, 
10-yard out route, boom, on the money. It doesn't matter. There's not a throw you can look at and go, well, he's not as good as that one. No, they've gotten better in the pass offense. I think Greg Roman has opened it up a little bit. Hollywood Brown has got comfortable in the NFL. Mark Andrews is a good tight end. We know that. He's one of the best there is. And we see Rashad Bateman here jump on the scene a little bit. I mean, if Baltimore is going to make moves and get to the Super Bowl, it's because of one reason, and that's because of Superman, a quarterback. And uh, I, I, I really love his game and, and what he's done, and he just continues to answer all the questions. I think what happened was that narrative developed that once the Ravens fall behind, they can't come back. Yes. So Lamar Jackson right. is the one who can't lead them back. And, and, and we're very lazy collectively, and I've been guilty of this over the years. Once we've taken the time to develop a conclusion on something, we never want to revisit no, it. No, I know. And, and we ignore any evidence. Again, this speaks to the broader problems we have in society right now. We ignore any evidence that would counter the position we've already adopted because we just don't feel like changing our mind. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be a little flexible Context and recognize matters. that, right. that uh, as, as quarterbacks especially play more games in the NFL— they are going to improve because they get more experience. They understand situations. They don't freak out like maybe they would have when they were a rookie or, you know, when they hadn't had the experience and things slow down and their physical skills are still there. Lamar Jackson's physical skills are still at the complete full level capacity. Right. And he's played a lot of football and he's learning how to get through these moments of adversity. And I don't know how many moments of adversity they uh, they're going to have tonight, but as we learned on Sunday and as we said an hour ago, you never know. It's all the more reason to watch and see what the Ravens can do. But, you know, they had that ugly loss to the Chargers on the way into their bye. They could have lost to the Vikings. And now at 6-2, and two, they, they still are very viable to be the one seed in the AFC. But if you aspire to be that, this is a game that you're supposed to win. Yeah. The spread's 7.5. Right. This is one you should win by double digits. I, I know. I, you know, again, I, I'm not sure how dominant a football team they are. You know, and just to go back to one thing you just said just a little bit, just to hit on that before I go forward here, like, you know, with the context situation, they are a team that's built to run the football. That's what they were built to do. So, of course, early on in his career when he's young and they're built to do one thing, they weren't great in the other area. It, it'd be like asking the Kansas City Chiefs, like, well, you can't throw the ball. Why aren't you guys the best running team in football? How come you can't win games through the run game and just come back and win those way, that way? What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Why can't he check to the right run plays and get them going that way? I mean, that's what it's like saying. It's ridiculous. They were built one way, and, of course, he played a certain way, and he's continued to adjust, and they've gotten better in the past game to help him out, and, of course, he's gotten better as well. So that's the last thing I'll say about that. But, you know, I do think the Dolphins match up somewhat here with this Ravens offense. I do. You know, like I said, I, you know, first off, the Ravens, are not as good a running team as the stats would tell you through the traditional run game. Here's Give the ball to the running back, oh, boom, up the middle, 8 yards, up the middle, 10 yards, up the middle, 12 yards. They're not that way. They're not the machine, the well-oiled machine we've seen in years past. And, and Miami has got some big people up front to where I would think they can feel comfortable about slowing down the run game. We know they got some good corners. Uh, that that I think they could give the 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 Ravens offense some issues. I do. Let alone again, I still don't look at the Ravens pass offense and just go, oh wow, it's the most creative thing I've ever seen in the history of football. So from that standpoint, just on that side of the ball, I look at it and go, yeah, I, I could see 
you know, the Dolphins defense making it tough on Lamar and company and, and making this game interesting? Certainly. Could they be a team, you know, we talked earlier about, is there somebody out there lurking that can mm. jump into the Odell Beckham? Mm. That's a good, that's a good one. We haven't really thought about them. Yeah. That's why I'm, I am excited. Especially if they see he's going to Kansas city. I know. They're kryptonite. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And we're just sitting here talking about how the run game is not the same from them. That they, you know, I, well, if Sammy Watkins can get back and get healthy, that 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 could provide that factor. I think we're talking about because then when you get into wait, Lamar, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, you start to go, damn, that's that's a pretty good group right there. And they should be able to move the ball and create some mismatches and get some yak, you know, yards after catch, everything there. So uh, I, 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 it, it is an interesting thought. But I think they got the pieces there as long as they can keep them healthy and go forward here. Yeah, and Sammy Watkins is expected to play tonight. He's officially listed as questionable. Bateman started to come on. He was injured the first part of the right. season. He drew a long interference call against Minnesota and had five catches for 52 yards. Hollywood Brown, though, had nine for 116 uh -huh. against Minnesota. But yeah. you're right about the run game. Latavius Murray's doubtful. Le'Veon Bell came on. He had 48 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown against the Vikings. And they have Devontae Freeman. It's that 2016 Pro Bowl backfield they have. But it's not yeah. what they expected with uh, you know the guys who ended up getting injured, whether it was Gus Edwards, Dobbins, uh, J.K. Dobbins, right. Justice Hill. Uh, it just didn't work out. Yeah. And so you've got these veterans who are who are trying to help support Lamar Jackson. Let's flip it over to the Dolphins because yeah. Tua Tagovailoa didn't play in Sunday's victory over the Texans because of a finger injury. He's questionable tonight, short week. Four days after, he wasn't able to play. And some are wondering, is this really kind of like a benching? Is it a trial run for Jacoby Brissett? Are they trying to decide, you know what, before we go all in for a quarterback in the offseason, maybe we should should decide whether or not Jacoby Brissett is a guy that, that we could build around. You know, we had Ryan Tannehill, and we let him go, and look how good he is. Let's Before we flush all the guys we have, let's come to the conclusion that, that they're not suited to be the centerpiece of our offense. I don't know. I mean, is cynicism justified here that they just maybe want to see what they have in Jacoby Brissett? I, I don't think so. Because, I, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm comfortable in saying I don't think, like, Tua is going to be, like, a superstar in the NFL and, like, the guy that we talked about where, where there's nothing there, he can make it happen and make throws that you just go, oh, my gosh, there was nobody open but he still threw the 25-yard out route on the rope into a really tight window, and they got a first down. Like, is he going to be able to do that type of stuff? No. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I don't know exactly how they would know totally what they got from Tua yet. You know, it, it's it's still, you know, not a huge body of work. He does do some good things. He's not going to be Justin uh, Justin Herbert or, or Joe Burrow. That, that, to me, is not going to happen. So I can't imagine – you know, they would do that with J or Jacoby Percet. You know, at this point, I think we know what Jacoby Percet is. I would think that staff knows what he is. They were with him in New England, too. You know, so I don't look at it that way. I would think they'd want Tua out there, one, because I think he does give them their best chance to win the football game, and two, you know, who knows what happens in the offseason at the quarterback situation with all the things moving around. You might be the, the one, you know, without anybody to sit in your, your empty chair there. So you need to build him up and see what he's got and get a better feel for the player altogether. 
Uh, so I, I have a hard time believing that that's you know part of the the conversation there. Yeah, I I, I don't know. something just seemed weird about that because he Tua didn't start. Yeah, they had a guy in the practice squad that they didn't call up right to be the backup. Right. So he was healthy enough to be the backup. Yeah. If Jacoby Brissett got injured, but he wasn't healthy enough to play, and they had right. no other quarterback they could have gone to, there was just something about that that seemed odd. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know why. Even last week, I, I said this, you know, going into the weekend, like I didn't even realize it was a thing with his finger until late last week. I, I, I really didn't realize that was on the radar. So that kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, you know, in, in my guesstimation there, yeah, he he probably could throw the ball to a degree, you know. But not good enough to where you want to start. But okay, damn, our starter gets hurt. Hey, Tua can go in. We will have to play the game a little differently and call some of the plays that you know he feels comfortable with. There, that that's what it looked like to me, more or less. But hey, this is you know the the, the thing that either way, whoever plays quarterback for them tonight, you know the Ravens defense is not the dominant defense we've seen from years past. There, there's no doubt about that. Even last week, we saw what the Vikings did in the first half, making some big plays against them. Um, but the, the problem with the Dolphins in this type of matchup, in my opinion, is just they can't run the ball. You know, they're, they're, they're no doubt one of the worst running teams in football. They don't open up very many holes up front, and their running backs aren't all that talented either. So a lot gets put on the passing game, and to me that's where you can get in a little bit of a danger area with the Baltimore Ravens because now they can kind of pin it to, oh, they're going to throw and Wink Martindale can start to do some different creative stuff in the pass defense, and that's where the Ravens defense can be a pain in the butt. So uh, I'll be interested to see how that goes tonight. But, you know, Tua, Jacoby Brissett, hey, it's going to be – the one thing we know about the Dolphins is here. It's two things, Jalen Waddell and Gasicki. All right, at tight end. He's Gasecki is one of the best pass receiving tight ends in football. Waddle has definitely had a great niche in that offense, and they're gonna feed them the rock left and right all game long. That's all they try to do. Every play is designed for those two to get the ball first. And uh that's that's gonna be the interesting part just to see what the Ravens do to combat that and try to take those two guys away. We will have our official picks for the Thursday night game in the joint mega picks podcast that tapes Later this morning, the question is, do we believe that the Ravens will cover? I have a feeling we both believe the Ravens will win. Let's take a break. When we return, he's back, and he's ready to go, and he's ready to play in a place where he's never won, Lambeau Field. Seahawks last won there in 1999. Can they take the Packers down on Sunday? We'll discuss that matchup next here on PFT Live. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell. Starting at only $30. 
Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Russell Wilson. It's time. Hopefully, got per- Hopefully somebody got permission from HBO for that. Uh, but uh, that's the theme from Succession. And oh, Russell that's Wilson what it's from. I knew that, that sounded familiar. That, that video showing that he's back. The finger that was injured five weeks ago tonight when he smacked it into the helmet of Aaron Donald. He had the, what did they call it? Mallet finger? I'd never even heard of mallet finger before. And the... Glowing statement from Dr. Stephen Shin, who happens to be a finger guy. There's a Shin guy out there whose last name is Finger, I assume. (laughs) Dr. Stephen Shin going over the top in his praise of Russell Wilson's superhuman healing capacities. We're going to see him on Sunday. Full go in practice. Pete Carroll says he looks pretty good. The surgery happened October 8, just a little over a month ago. And the Seahawks went one and two in the three games that Russell Wilson missed. Geno Smith gave us some moments of excitement, but he's not Russell Wilson. And the real question, Chris, we've touched on this, and the Seahawks are still in this for OBJ. They're still in this. I just don't think OBJ thinks he has a spot with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But to the extent that Pete Carroll... Got a glimpse of what life would have been like over the last 10 years without Russell Wilson. Has he decided to run the offense through Russell Wilson starting this weekend at Lambeau Field? That's going to be fascinating to watch. I, I, that is one of the things to watch this weekend. Now, again, I, I can't expect Russell Wilson to go out there and just, you know, be hitting on all cylinders and like, oh my gosh, Russell Wilson magic's back. But certainly... He's going to make plays no matter what. Even Rusty, he will. You know that. But, yeah, I think that's something to watch out for. You know, again, they're not, a uh, to me, not a good enough football team. They're not going to get in the playoffs if they've been playing the way, they continue to play the way they did. And I don't mean, like, yeah, I know they've been poor, but just, like, the style of football. It, it has to be, it has to open up more. You know, we've discussed over the last two weeks, or, I mean, three weeks, they go through periods of the game where you're like, are they trying not to give the ball to their best players? Or I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish there. So that that has bothered me about them. And and then it's like, oh, fourth quarter, Russell, you know, pull you know, pull some magic here and and save us. Uh, that to me is just not realistic to keep winning that way in the NFL. So I'm excited to watch him. I hope the other quarterback on the other team, Aaron Rodgers, is out there too. That'll be fun to watch. Um, but this is a big moment for Seattle. I mean, you know, not that they're going to be out of it if they lose, but, man, you're getting to the point of the year where you can't lose too many more football games. You certainly can't. And we don't know the magic number with yeah, 17 games. Yeah, I know. Games, it's different. But if you go to three and six, you got a problem. Yeah, I think right? so. Is that right. where they're saying? Yeah, three and yeah. six. The bye weeks have really screwed me up, and it 
addition to my naturally impaired cognitive abilities, three and six would not be good, Chris. And, and you, you know, the point that you make, and I learned this from you, and I think it's very appropriate, the Seahawks do the defense and run the ball, defense and run the ball, and then they get into the fourth quarter and they're down, and it's, oh, crap, Russell, please save us. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the reasons why he wanted out. Right. He wants to be the guy they come to to say, save us from the get-go. Yeah. Not after the Pete Carroll formula doesn't work. Right. I mean, really good offenses apply pressure throughout the game. They don't manage the game, manage the game, manage the game, manage the game. Oh, we're down a score. Now let's apply pressure. That, 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 that to me, just doesn't happen. You know, that, that's not what a good offense is. And to me, that's where they drop the ball. We know their defense has been a little bit better as of late. But again, you know, against Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, they're going to put up points. They're, they're going to be able to score on, on Seattle. And they're going to need Russell Wilson and, and company to, you know, to match, match, you know, touchdowns with them to a degree. So uh, I, I am excited to see if Shane Waldron and ultimately if Pete Carroll is willing to open it up in this game um and of course i'm interested to see where rogers is at in this whole thing too because if rogers is playing that changes the whole game as well all right uh speaking of rogers here's matt lafleur coach of the packers from yesterday regarding rogers involvement for the coming week and how he's able to participate in preparations and also the distractions you may have heard of a few of them that the packers have been enduring in recent days We've only had our morning meetings, so I can give you a better answer as we progress throughout the week. But I do think it, it's a good opportunity for Jordan to continue to get those reps that he wouldn't necessarily get. And then Aaron was um, fully involved and quite interactive with, with us in the meetings. No, he won't take part of the practice part. Um, but he will be in our post-practice meetings where we're watching the tape and kind of discussing in detail uh, each individual play. Has it been any harder in the past week to, to avoid distractions than usual? I mean, how have you gone about that? I know that you want to coach ball, that's your thing, right? But there's a lot that's been happening. Yeah, it's called uh, kind of keep your head in the sand and don't look at anything. And I constantly have to remind everybody, like in my family, hey, don't, don't read, don't look at anything. And I... I have to follow the same uh, uh, advice, I guess. I mean, he's really not in a position to be criticized by anyone, no. called out by anyone. He hasn't done anything other than fail to enforce the COVID protocols all year long, although I don't know who that falls to within the organization. Let me just say this. Somebody made a great point yesterday, and we wrote about it last night. And I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but that three hundred thousand dollar fine, the more I think about it, it's offensive too. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's falls stupid. into the right. it falls into the they think we're dumb category, no especially because the Packers are a corporation. No one is losing a penny as a result of that fine. They're just going to move money around. There's plenty more where it came from. And oh, by the way, they're getting ready to sell more stock so they can just peel off 300000 from that if they want to. So it's meaningless. The only way to get a team's attention is to take away draft picks or reduce their draft order, do whatever the NFL would do to penalize them that way. This fine is money well spent in order to avoid doing further damage to their tenuous relationship with Aaron Rodgers. It's a joke. It's, it is a joke. 
that that was the penalty for the Green Bay Packers, Chris. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's exactly When that. they deliberately, deliberately, and blatantly violated protocol and allowed him to do it all season long, and we still wouldn't know about it if he hadn't tested positive. That That's what the, the crime was here. The punishment doesn't come close to fitting it. I'm sorry. No, I agree. It, do, it doesn't. I mean, there, there's no doubt. It's ridiculous. It means nothing. You're right. It is a, a little bit of a slap in the face to all of us to, to make us think that that's something significant. Yeah, we're not that dumb. Um, but We're hey, dumb, but we're not that dumb. Yeah, we're dumb, but we're not that dumb. I think we should get those T-shirts. Yeah, I, I, I'd like that. Cool. Let's do that. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, again, even Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, that's to me, this is where it's like th- this game's a little bit unknown to me. I, we know Green Bay's better. We do know that. But you got if we have an Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson matchup, I don't think you're going to see either guy on their top notch game. You know, and of course, I would expect a little less from Russell Wilson just because he hasn't played in a, in a longer period of time. Um, but I do think it affects it, and it's it, to me that's going to be one of the things I'll watch for. It's just like yeah, to Seattle's offense open up, but number two, you know who's the rustiest out of the two quarterbacks, and who who makes that fatal flaw that costs their football team, uh, and th- that'll be something to watch too. Because I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers is awesome. We saw with Dak Prescott last week. Dak Prescott's definitely one of the ten best quarterbacks in football. There's no doubt. He missed some throws and some people open in that football game that. I sit here and watch Dallas's offense almost every week on film where I'd go, if he'd been playing, there's no way he'd miss some of these throws or miss this read down the middle. He was off, and I would expect these guys to be off too. It's just, you know, who's more off or uh, struggling than than the other I think is going to be a a big part of dictating who wins the game. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll play a little round of fill in the blank. That's next on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Surprised by the amount that you've been signed for uniform? Yes, very surprised actually. Very surprised. Especially considering uh, what Aaron Rodgers was fine for lines of lead. Does that annoy you? Mm. Annoy me? Nah. Confuse me a lot? Very much so? Yes. Uh, I just don't understand why I'm always the one getting fine for some reason. Untucked jersey. No untucked shirts, no posturing allowed. Blatant violation of COVID protocol. Do it every week. Do it twice a week. We'll just get you for one of them when the time comes to impose penalty. All right, enough of that. Let's well, it, it, it is a bigger, broader thing, too. I mean, again, it's just another one that we talk about where I go, but I can show you 74 other players in football this week that didn't have their jerseys tucked in. But there was there they weren't fine. It's just again, it just adds to the perception of like it just seems like the NFL at times right now is just a little bit like, uh, we throw it there. Hey, C D Lamb, you're fine. Yes, the dart hit C D Lamb. Hey, or, and that's that's something. what's let annoying me to me as an ex player. There are so many teams that are pissed about how this Packers thing was handled. I I, I hope that somebody decides to stand up. Somebody from a team, coach, GM, owner, and call this what it is. Maybe somebody that got hammered last year 
for COVID protocol violations unfairly. I, I think it needs to be called out. I think they need to break ranks, and I hope somebody does it. And I'll fully support it if it happens, because it needs to happen, because that's what gets people's attention. Fill in the blanks. After a disappointing loss to the Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys will what versus the Falcons this week? Well, we'll Chris. bounce back versus the Falcons. I mean, you know, again, I'm, I mean, I know we're going to pick these games later, but I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I'm sorry. There, there we go. Oh, no, the cat's out of the bag. But, yes, I am. They're more talented. You know, like we talked about last segment, Dak Prescott was off his game. There's no doubt. Some mistakes and things happened where the game kind of rolled, you know, got out of control a little bit. You know, they got down 16, 19, nothing. They had to abandon the run game a little bit, even though they were having a little success there. So I don't expect to see that same performance. I think that offense is going to be back rolling this week. I, I would be shocked if not. Um, so I, I expect to see Dak Prescott close to, you know, what we saw before the injury and that offense, you know, kicking some butt again. Yeah, I look, I don't want to tip our hand excessively, but we'll cover versus the Falcons is all I'll say <laughs> for now. I, look, because they're better than what we saw. They, they stepped on a rake. Yeah. We had the graphic the other day. It was the Cowboys who stepped on a rake against the, the Broncos. They thought they were too good. They overlooked their opponent, and the next thing you know, it was 30 to nothing. Browns-Patriots game will come down to what, Chris? The run game. The run game, and I want to kind of say it on both sides here. I'm not trying to cop out or anything like that, but, you know, uh, again, we know the Patriots' pass offense is not, like, special, special, but their last four or five weeks have started to dominate in the run game, you know, with the three-headed monster of Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and, and Brandon Bolden. And Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie at Oklahoma, changes their football team, in my opinion. He's the best out of the backfield catching the ball, and he's the best runner, period. He can run with power. He can make people miss. He's kind of special that way. But if, like, the Browns can't slow that down and the Browns don't have a ton of big people, they're a speed defense, you know, that, that could be issues. Certainly. And I, I want to flip it around, too, to where I want to go, can the Browns run on the Patriots? Because the Browns' pass game cannot stand alone, in my opinion. It cannot. It needs a run game. And if they start to not be able to run the ball, and I know there's no Nick Chubb, like, the Patriots are going to be able to break down what the Browns do in the pass game, and they'll be able to cover the man-to-man. They will. The Patriots' defense is one of the best in football, in my opinion. So I kind of look at it that way, Mike. Yeah, I agree with you on both counts. And we saw what happened a couple of years ago when the Browns played in New England. Now they had Tommy at the time. It was a different team, but still Bill Belichick. And Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year, but yeah, Bill Belichick is showing that, that he's the master of taking whatever he has, figuring out what it's going to take to make it better, focusing on the strengths, minimizing the weaknesses right. and his team gets better as the year goes on and they are moving in the right direction. So, um, and, and you said no Nick Chubb also still no Kareem hunt. Right. It's going to be mm -hmm. Dearness Johnson who was great against the Broncos, but the Patriots aren't the Broncos. That's and, right. You mentioned Brandon Bolden. This guy's been around forever. He was there. He drafted when I was there and yeah. he's finally getting some real opportunities in the offense. He'd been a special teams guy all those years. Yes. He spent a year in Miami, too. Remember that? Right. But he's back, and he's finally getting some real opportunities. It's great to see. All right, the AFC West in the AFC West. Let me try that again. In the NFC West, or let me try that one more time. In the AFC West. <laughs> Sorry. The blank will start separating themselves from the pack. I, the nobody? I mean, I, nobody. I don't look at anybody going, oh, they're going to separate from the pack. Yeah, th this team... I think all these teams have 
little issues. And then I think when you look at their schedules, they all have tough schedules down the stretch. So I can't sit here and pin it to like, oh, well, I see a lot of, you know, this from this team. I mean, again, how can you totally get behind the Chargers? I know it was great on offense last week, but again, you saw their defense kind of get dominated and pushed around. It's hard to get behind that. The Chiefs are all over the place. The Raiders are a little bit of a role. The Raiders are the team I look at to be the most consistent, but I don't know if they're great and going to separate from the pack. So that's why I say the nobodies. I think the Chiefs will. You think, I think the Chiefs the, will? The longer, the longer the other three teams let the Chiefs hang around as they work through this period of dysfunction, mm-hmm. they're going to wake up one day and say, you know what, we can take this division. And, and I don't know how much higher they climb on the playoff tree, but they can take that division, uh, especially if they get OBJ. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Week 10 matchup draft when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Matt Foley. Classic. Motivational speaker. Living in a van down by the river. I love it. And I live in a van down by the river. And inevitably taking out the coffee table. Here's you, here's Matt. There's you, there. <laughs> I think I think the best part of that is the fact that first off the whole segment like the laughing of the other people involved in the sketch David Spade and Christina right. Applegate they just can't get over how crazy the guy is even though they've probably rehearsed it three times and then even that there like I always wondered did they not know the fall on the table thing was going to happen? Because they seem legitimately like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he just did that. Like, I just I've always wondered that. But of course, that is a classic of classics right there. Yeah. Well done, EJ. And uh, we, we talked about rivers EJ. and apples yesterday. Let's get to matchups for week 10. Chris, you're up. Matchup draft. All right. Well, one that just I'm intrigued by a little bit, and because there's there's a lot of circumstances that involve the game. But how about how about Dan Quinn versus the the Atlanta Falcons? I, I think. Damn that's, it. Yes, yes. You wanted it, and I shall take it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's you know it's low hanging fruit. But of course, that's got to be personal to Dan Quinn. You know, brought them to a Super Bowl. It didn't end the right way there. He's reinvented himself to become a way. Uh, a way better schematical defensive coach. Is that a word, schematical? I think it is. Close uh, enough. Yeah, Let close enough. We'll take it. Don't bite um, off your nose to spite but, your face. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what I look at. And, you know, what kind of tricks of the trade will he have? And I'm sure that defense is going to be extra motivated because they're going to know, hey, they didn't play their best last week, and they're going to want to put their best foot forward for their, for their defensive coordinator who's certainly changed their team around to a degree. I don't have high hopes for this one, but I am intrigued by the Washington football team's front seven against Tom Brady just because they gave the Bucks a you know yeah. uh-huh. run for their money in the playoff opener last year before the Bucks got past the Saints and the Packers and ultimately won the Super Bowl. And that was something preseason that I was targeting. Now, I didn't expect Washington to be two and six. I'm not stunned that the Bucks are six and two, but both teams had a bye last week. Both teams had a chance to get ready for this one. Curious to see what the Bucks do, specifically Brady, against that pressure. Yeah. Can they get motivated? Is, you know, if you're ever going to make a run, it's now. It's now. It's coming out of your bye week with nine games left and you're two and six. This is the time to do it. So I, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see if they can harass him 
the way we've seen him be harassed most recently by the Saints. Right, right. No, I, I'm with you there. I am. And and I think to add to that, you know, to where there might be a little hope for Washington football team is that their defensive line, even though very underwhelming those first four or five weeks of the year, they've come on lately. They're, they've been a lot of pressure. I mean, when they went up to Green Bay – uh, and lost that game up there. I mean, they were all over Rodgers, and they dominated the, the the Packers' offensive line in a lot of ways. You know, in Denver, it was a pretty good job there. You know, Kansas City, that week when they came to town, Patrick Mahomes, he was running around a lot. He just made some great throws on the run that kind of took away the, the pass rush. So I hear you there. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, all right, I'm going to go to one that's like a hot-button topic up here, and I'm, I'm truly intrigued. You know, is, is Mike White versus the Bills' defense? I want to see that. He's starting for the New York Jets, you know, and good for them for starting him. You know, again, yeah, he's got a little bit of a hot hand. you got a rookie quarterback who struggled. Doesn't seem like he's 100% yet, so we'll see where that goes. But, you know, you know, as it, we got Courtney here who's, you know, producing our show. She's a Jets fan. She's all in on Mike White. You know, the New York fans love the guy that comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden does something. So he's become like this – this, you know, linchpin topic up here. And I, I am interested. This is going to be a real test. It is. You know, last week, you know, he he might have had a good game. There were some things there on that second drive where he went, oh, man, okay, that looked pretty good. The first drive, he had no pocket presence and, and some of that. So I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of see that matchup and just see where this whole conversation goes with the Jets right now. Next pick for me, Aaron Rodgers versus the haters because I really think that after sitting at home and he was at home the, the ridiculous photos that weren't even remotely him that emerged the other day suggesting he was in LA he didn't break quarantine he's been home for 10 days stewing not reading things sure Jan he's going to be pissed and he's going to get himself motivated and I don't care if he hasn't practiced if he plays He's going to use that external drive, that desire to stick it to everyone to go out there and have one of the best games he's had in recent years. I yeah. can't wait to see how he plays because I think he's going to play incredibly well because he's going to be, be playing extremely pissed off. Sorry, Liverpool. Let's take a break. We'll do round three of the matchup draft when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, let's roll through round three matchup draft. Who you got, Chris? All right, well, I feel like I always pick this when these two teams play, but McVay versus Shanahan, that's where I'm going to go here. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a big game on Monday Night Football this week. You know, of course, the the Rams coming off the, the loss last week didn't play well. Stafford didn't do well. 49ers kind of seem to find a way to mess up every game right now. You know, I do think they're a little bit better than their record shows. Um, but I mean, they are what they are at this point. I mean, and they're, they're in a tough spot. It, it, it that to me is, it's going to be interesting just from the standpoint standpoint of like, Hey, the 49ers need to win to stay in the playoff conversation. And the Rams of course are trying to win the division, try to be the number one seed in the NFC. And, you know, those are two guys who were friends, but you know, I do think it's personal when it comes to this matchup a little bit too, because they both look at themselves as kind of boy genius. And, uh, that, that's, I'm always excited to watch this matchup. Well, they're, they're creeping toward middle-aged man genius, but yeah, I hear what you're, you're right, saying. Right. The, the, uh, the last one for me, and since you're going to give some love to the Monday night game, let me focus on the Sunday night game, Deshaun Jackson versus the Kansas City Chiefs defense, because I think they're going to throw him into the mix quickly in Las Vegas. It's a primetime game. We've seen him run behind defenses all year. They just weren't getting in the ball in L.A. I think in LV, they're going to be 
doing everything they can to get the ball to Deshaun Jackson and dust off that that obsession with speed that the old Al Davis Raiders had, Chris. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. And added to that, the Chiefs have been playing a lot more man-to-man coverage, you know, so he should get some matchups. And the Raiders, you know, their offense, they got everything. They got a lot of short passes, but Derek Carr and company have been throwing the ball down the field this year. That has definitely been a thing. So they will attack if Deshaun Jackson, you know, is playing and, of course, has a role within the offense. I may have to reconsider my pick in that one. I'm leaning one way. Maybe I'll lean the other way. I don't know. We're going to tape our picks podcast coming up in about an hour or so. You'll see it this afternoon, 5 o'clock Eastern on Peacock. Before we go, though, we need to say thank you to everyone out there who has served in the military, is serving, is considering serving. It is a tremendous sacrifice, one of the greatest anyone can make, and we appreciate everything that you do every day, everything you've done or you're currently doing right. or will be doing, thank you very much. Yeah, 100%. You know, you're right. The, you know, the, the veterans who served their time, thank you. I mean, we'd be nothing without you. That's for sure here in this country. Uh, we're still one of the greatest countries, if not the greatest country in the world. And, of course, the ones serving right now. Again, we'd be nothing without you. So uh, much respect to all those out there who have served time or are currently serving time. All right, well said, Chris. Thanks to everybody for some of your time. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.